0: Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports & Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. I'm Laura. And not a lot of MLB news. Um, there wasn't a no-hitter this week, so I don't have anything to report on that, although I did think the Rangers were going to be no-hit a third, and I was really going to be annoyed by that. But luckily, I don't have to worry about that again until Tuesday. Um, there was one thing, though, I did want to mention – about no hitters that I forgot in the last week, um, last week's episode. And uh, I got it from the athletic article and I'm blanking on whose article I got it from. Um, I blanked out his last name, first name, Jason forgot his last name. And it's like in my head, but, um, he, I think, I think it was from that where he does like weird, uh, like baseball facts from the week. Um, and so he has this list of things there have already been more no hitters, this year um, so there have already been more no hitters this year than there have been full moons there's only been four full moons um, home runs by the reigning major league home run champ which is luke voigt who he's only hit one home run uh weeks uh when taylor swift had billboard's number one album in america that was apparently only three weeks that she's had that much i don't how that is possible when we're in may is confusing to me um, this one I'll mention in when we do a brief, uh, standings update, there have already been more no hitters than the twins have won series. The twins have only won two series this year and, uh, reminder there have been what did we say eight now, eight no hitters. And the ninth would be the seventh inning, the seven inning Bumgarner no hitter. So. And we're on pace for 23 still, I believe. I don't think that changed, maybe. I don't know, since we didn't have one this week. Um, also, the Rockies' road wins, which is um, important to me because the Rangers are about to play the Rockies, even though it's going to be at their home. But whatever, the Rockies only have two wins on the road this season. And um, I guess that doesn't really actually affect me considering the Rangers are playing them at the Rocky stadium. But anyway, I thought it was an interesting list that I hope – I kind of hope they keep up with, but I also don't unless it's going to be more teams added to the no-hit rather than just the three that are on that list currently. Because I really don't want to see the Rangers get no-hit for a third time, which is going to happen because much like I'm sure you'll get to in hockey where the Leafs make a bunch of historic firsts that hurts them, the Rangers love to be the first in things too, they did give the Padres their first no-hitter in franchise history this year, so why not get no-hit three times for the first time ever? That would happen to my team. And it, and they would all three happen at the new ballpark because it is cursed. So I'm trying to prepare myself, but I am also feel like every now, I'm just like, as long as we get a hit, I'm fine. Like, that is where my bar is for Ranger games is – get a hit, and we're good. It's fine. Nothing else matters.
1: I actually have something for baseball that just came up on my Twitter, and I think it's kind of a crazy stat. So This is from 9-11. Sarah Lang tweeted, Through two innings tonight, Jake DeGrom has thrown seven pitches at 101-plus miles an hour. That's already the fourth most by starting pitcher in a single game in the pitch-tracking era. 2008, behind only Noah Syndergaard, Jordano Ventura, and Nathan Eovaldi. Two of them have 10, one has eight. So he has seven innings to get three to tie and four to pass.
0: I have also retweeted another stat about DeGrom uh, tonight, and that was coming into tonight's game, he led the majors with 13.4 pitches per inning, but but also leading MLB with 14.8 strikeouts per nine, which... Obviously every strikeout guarantees you throw at least three pitches. So while being an amazing pitcher and striking out everyone, he's also doing it like the most efficiently way possible.
1: But he also plays for the Mets. So But he also
0: plays for the Mets so that so
1: we- he, he although he he is, I think, the uh the chief of the um why we shouldn't count care about wins and losses because he has like the most marginal wins law it's like right around 500 and it's just because yeah. he'll give up like one run and the team will score nothing
0: exactly exactly um speaking of standings we'll start with NL since we were just talking about the Mets the Mets are actually leading the NL East which surprises me every time I look at it they're ahead of Atlanta by three games uh but I always expect the NL East to be better than they are because like I just expect Washington since they're not that far removed from their World Series win to be better Philadelphia feels like they should be better because I have Bryce Harper I also kind of want the Miami Marlins to be better just because they were really fun to watch last year when they were really good and granted they're only four and a half games back so that's not like an atrocious number to be behind um and well now as this episode comes out June 1st Um, they still have chances. It's just, I kind of, I didn't expect the Mets to be first. I'll just say that I did not expect them to be three games ahead. Um, the other, uh, I feel like the NL central is always a close race because the Cubs and St. Louis are currently tied for first. Um, and then Milwaukee is a game and a half back and then cincinnati five and a half and then pittsburgh nine and a half cincinnati and pittsburgh have always kind of been like the duds of that division it feels like like they're either really good or they're bad whereas like the other three teams usually like fight it out for first and a wild card um but milwaukee is kind of like washington where you kind of expect them to do better just because of most recent postseasons. but then they just kind of sit there and do nothing which also sucks because I really like their logos and stuff and I think they could be a fun team they just kind of flounder.
1: that it makes me think about because when I think of Milwaukee I think of Christian Yelich yeah that Miami team it's baffling they had Stanton Yelich they had so much
0: talent and they never even sniffed doing anything yeah and like they didn't really sniff doing anything until those players were gone which makes even less sense um and then I'm going through this fast just because I'm still not in the place where I'm like we should really pay attention to standings probably like in two weeks when we get closer to the deadline and more like things start to fall apart for some teams uh but the NL West is I find very interesting because mostly because the Dodgers aren't in first place. And I kind of just always expect the Dodgers to be in first place. But San Francisco did just beat them in a series, which has been pretty hard for them to do. Uh, So San Francisco Giants are actually in first with San Diego, um, a half game back from them and then the Dodgers. And then you have a huge gap between the Dodgers and Colorado because the Colorado Rockies are 14 games back from first place and Arizona is 15 games back and while I just said usually standings don't matter at this point just yet when you're 14 games back that's kind of a hard gap
1: on a 14 game winning streak and at the same time the other team would have to go on a 14 game losing
0: exactly (laughs) probably not gonna happen and keep in mind that Colorado and the Rangers didn't play today, which is kind of unusual. Usually every team plays on Memorial Day. However, MLB has a rule that you can't play more than 20 games in a row, which sounds insane when you think of like a hockey schedule. And you're like, how could you ever play 20 games in a row? Um, But Colorado had off today because they're about to play 20 games in a row, which seems great for a team who's 14 games back in the standings um they're also already at a negative 43 run differential so not really seeing how they're gonna get on track anytime soon especially if see Colorado seems more weird to me because you would think with their crazy ballpark and home runs usually fly out there but then you have the dead end ball so that is very interesting to me and how I kind of feel like this should have worked out in their favor and that they should be in first place if you really think about it because it seems like their pitchers would have a huge advantage of having a dead end ball pitching in their own ballpark I don't know in my mind they could have just like relax a little bit more and like really focus on throwing their good stuff because it's not gonna fly but then again maybe because home runs usually go out so easily there that now they've just put themselves on an even playing field with the rest of the ballparks. And so now it's kind of like people are still hitting home runs. It's just not as many as normal. But I also really just want the Rockies to be good because they're like the only team with purple in their colors. And I just... Sometimes get tired of red and blue just always on my TV and like a purple uniform would be fun to watch and their ballpark's pretty. So if they were good, we that. but I guess they have the all-star game. So they're happy with just having that on TV for them. Uh, AL East, Tampa is in first place. Boston's two games behind them. Yankees are in the middle, five back, which again, shouldn't be much however it's the Yankees and they should be better even though they're always injury riddled can
1: we like tack on a few games to Tampa because they play so handicapped by their market and like their salary limitations and stuff so to be ahead of both Boston and New York yeah like they're 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 even a little more ahead in my mind
0: yeah and I think it's also crazy that the Yankees would be behind Boston because like Boston was awful last year. So, and again, I kind of feel bad comparing everything to last year because last year kind of seemed fluky for any team, like any team really had a chance in just 60 games. Um, but I guess I didn't expect Boston to just straight up shoot to second place that easily. Um, but also, the Yankees are so close to being fourth in their division because Toronto is only a game back from them. And I feel like Toronto is a very underrated, sneaky good team. I haven't really kept up with them, but just based on things last year, they just seem like they're a really fun young team, kind of like the Marlins. And that they could just like at any point sneak up and at least be a wild card spot and be really good. Um and then you have the Baltimore Orioles, who are very much like the Rockies of the AL East, but worse because they're 17 and a half games back and currently on a 14 game losing streak. So that's not great for them. And I really hope playing them sometime soon. I haven't looked that far ahead in the schedule, but it'd be great to play a losing team when they're bad. Because Rangers, look, they would play Baltimore right as Baltimore figures it out again, and they'd lose a series against them.
1: Well, and there's like law of averages and stuff. And so you exactly. don't want to be on the other side
0: of the averages. Exactly. Also, their run differential is negative 68. So it's close to being nice. <laughs> so close. And yet they still can't even get that. Um, also, it should be noticed, noted that. So, Tampa has a plus-63 run differential. Boston has plus-45. Toronto has plus-42. And the Yankees have a plus-8. Eight. Just eight. Which is shocking for a team with the nickname Bronx Bombers. Home runs are down. You'd still expect them. However, again, they're riddled with injuries. And the injuries... I've That just it sucks because it, not that you want it to be pitchers that are injured, but like, it just feels like a lot of their hitters and like consistent hitters or would be consistent hitters are the ones that are injured. And so they can't consistently play well. They're also on a four game losing streak. uh. So I, I feel like it's going to be a really bad season for the Yankees, even if they, if they're buyers at the trade deadline, which now I'm looking way ahead, but, I don't need much considering how they have a ton of big contracts as it is. So I, I almost feel like they could miss playoffs this year, which again, I know it's just as you're listening to this June 1st. So we have a lot of more games to play. I don't know, just having that plus eight run differential and being right in the middle of your division feels like for them, at least like they're hanging on by a thread. Um. AL Central I also find really um, mostly because the twins are doing so badly um and they're 22 and 31 they're 10 and a half games back from first place which is a lot for a team that was really good the past few seasons and suddenly it's just like no one knows how to play um like I said at the in the top of the episode, as last week they had only won two series which not great um and that craziest thing I think about this division is that I at one point Kansas City was like number one in baseball they're now a game under 500 six and a half games back from the division uh everyone except the first place White Sox have a negative run differential. The White Sox are plus 80. Cleveland's minus the city is minus 23. Minnesota minus 21. And Detroit is minus 55. That's a lot. And I think that's more like you can look. I feel like those don't really matter except for in-division play and because you play them so much. So Chicago, a plus 80 team playing Detroit, a minus 55 team, like that's going to be Chicago wins unless you have like this every once in a while fluke game where Detroit just, um, but Cle- I think I'm more surprised Cleveland second place and not Minnesota or even Kansas just because Kansas had a strong start. Kind of didn't expect Cleveland to be in second because they're also not that great this year. It's just that division just is a weird division to me. It's always been a weird division because there's only ever one standing team and the rest is just kind of blah. And it's very much rotated. And I guess now it's to the White Sox and the Twins are just maybe done. Like it just, they have issues. And I haven't really watched enough to really tell you what those issues are, but it's it's a weird one. I don't, because I know they have bats. So maybe it's pitching because I couldn't really tell you a pitcher on that team off the top of my head. But it'll be interesting to look at. Um, On to my division, the AL West. Um, My team is in last place, but they're only eight and a half games back. So that doesn't feel as bad compared to other teams. Um, Oakland is in first place. Houston is a half game back. Then Seattle's two and a half games back. And the angels are six games back. We really
1: need Oakland to put some more space.
0: Yes, please. Um, and I think I think Oakland's playing the no, they're playing. Who are they playing? They are playing okay. well because okay, I just have to say I find
1: any team, even the Yankees, more likable than the Astros. Oh, yeah. However,
0: Oakland especially. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oakland playing Seattle. For some reason I thought that. But Boston's playing Houston right now, um, and Houston won earlier today. So if Boston really wants to, you know, just beat Houston, that'd be great. Um, The other, since I mentioned run differential for the other ones, I (laughs) wanted to mention for this uh, division, because it's, in fact, there's, again, only one team with a positive run differential, and it's Houston. They have a plus 57. Oakland, who's in first place, is negative 11, which is... Surprising to me because Did they just have the
1: doors blown off them a couple games or
0: something, they must have. Because I swear, they maybe it was just against the Rangers, but it felt like they were like
1: killing. So, this happened in hockey, the Rangers had a positive goal differential, and the Philly or the Flyers were just god awful, and it was because uh. In two games against each other, the Rangers won, like, 9-1 and 10-3. And it just completely skewed everything. Not saying that that the Rangers weren't, like, an up-and-coming promising team and the Phillies – or, Phillies, I keep calling them Phillies. The Flyers were a legitimate, like, garbage can, um, but it wasn't quite that bad.
0: Yeah, it's weird because it must have happened earlier in the season. I know they had a while where – like, they started the season just god-awful, and they couldn't buy a win. um. But looking at their schedule, it doesn't really seem like they had... Like, they lost any big blowout games. Weird. Maybe that first few games just really hit them. It could also be if you win a lot of games by one. True. I think they've had a few of those. Um, but also, I... It's also frustrating to look at because the Rangers are last in their division. Um, and they don't even have the worst run differential. They have a better run differential than Seattle and LA. Granted, it's still negative 33, but it's not negative 42 or 49. Um, but yeah, so that's just the check in on the teams. I guess I could look to see current wild card picture. Would be Boston has the first wild card up by three games, and then Houston and Clinton are tied for the second wild card. And then division teams would be Tampa, Chicago, and Oakland for the AL, it would be San Francisco, Mets, Cubs, and St. Louis tied first or for the, yeah, first place in that division. And then, ooh, wild card for NL would be fun if it happened right now because it'd be San Diego and the Dodgers. Ooh, That would be fun. Yeah. So that's the quick MLB standings update that I probably went way too fast through, but hockey seems more exciting. So I wanted to get to that. I have to say for the first time in probably like months, I'm switching the
1: order because I want to do the stuff that's funner to talk about at the end and just kind of get through some stuff first. So we're going to start. We always ended with the Discover Central because that was the stars, but mm-hmm. it's a little less necessary to end with that. So we're gonna start yeah. with that. Carolina, Tampa, and I actually really like this series, but just of the group, it was kind of the least dramatic. Tampa won in Carolina. Really close game, kind of went down to the wire there. Um, it was really interesting because it was tied 1-1, and Alex Nedelkovic, the goaltender for Carolina, kind of let in a soft goal. And it was, He had played brilliantly up until then, and that just goes to show that can happen. And that's why hockey is really fluky. But um, the other thing I did want to comment on, just kind of throwing this out there, news came out that the Blue Jackets star defenseman Seth Jones has informed them that he's going to explore free agency and doesn't intend to stay with the team. Um, I did listen to 31 Thoughts the podcast, which is Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet and Elliot Friedman, who's like, now that Bob McKenzie's retired, like the number one insider mm-hmm. in NHL, he was saying that he didn't have it on solid, solid authority. So he never reported on it, but it was his understanding that part of Pierre-Luc Dubois', Dubois desire to leave um Columbus was because he knew this was going to happen. He knew Jones wasn't going to stay. Interesting. And he basically didn't want to be alone on the island. So kind of interesting. Um we'll see where that goes. Obviously a lot more to come on that as off season moves along and just how that all works out. Because I would Every- imagine I think he has one year left. Yeah. I would imagine that they would try to trade him this year and then trade him to a team that would sign him because then they could probably get the most assets
0: every series is the best of seven right yes okay up until like yesterday it was saying that to uh tomorrow's or tuesdays Uh, Carolina versus Tampa game was a if needed game and I was like I'm pretty sure that's not how that works it's not
1: a one winner take all one game. that's (laughs) not how anything works that would not be cool that doesn't really make sense but whatever you tell me you don't have like a wild card situation (laughs) right um but then next I wanted to talk about the Honda West division so um in this we really saw the advantage of winning the West because Vegas had to slog it out in a seven-game series versus Minnesota. Really up-and-coming, good team, Kirill Kaprizov, yada, yada, yada. Where Colorado, I don't know if Morgan remembers this, got to completely roll over um, St. Louis and make Jordan Bennington look like even bigger joke than we already thought he was.
0: Just assume I don't remember, so you have to say it every <laughs> single time, because I love hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> so- Colorado came in, and
1: they said last year that they felt we're gonna like circle back. I I um I listened to Thirty One Thoughts because Steve Dangle was on it, and um I got a lot of good little tidbits. And one thing I got was that Colorado last year they were really disappointed with themselves because they had a similar situation when they played Dallas, mm-hmm. where Dallas had had uh, played recently and yeah. they had fl- sat out, and they really came out flat and they didn't want a repeat of that and so they really practiced hard and intensely um, leading up to this and it showed and the Vegas made the decision to start Robin Leonard seemingly because Marc-Andre Fleury is kind of older Robin Leonard is an above average backup he's a backup this year but last year he was their starter so it just kind of um, but there were a couple things first of all flurry Leonard, whoever was getting completely shelled that night because colorado was just dominating but then also Leonard hasn't played in like weeks and he didn't Ooh. even play that much this season so having coming in cold but again 31 thoughts i thought this was a good point of Leonard had to know coming into this game that no matter what happened, he was not getting pulled because at a certain, like if, if they went behind, they're not going to put in flurry when they were trying to get him wet, rest just to lose by less. Cause it doesn't matter if you lose by 12 or you lose by one. Right. So they were going to leave him in. And so to, and that's hard as a goalie. So to be a good soldier through all of that is pretty remarkable. Next, Mass Mutual East Division. Currently, the game is going on. We were planning to record. Actually, nope. Islanders. It's won. over. Yeah. The Islanders just won. So the series is tied 1 1. The Islanders won in overtime. Um, I have to <laughs> see who it is. Um, I'm looking that up right now. But these were the first two games in um, Austin. So the Islanders flipped. Oh, Casey
0: Sazikas, the fourth liner. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I saw who it was and I'm saying this name, right? So I'm just going to leave that to you. This is a rant I have.
1: Their fourth line, they call it their identity line because it's like the tough guys. And it's uh, Matt Martin, Casey Sazikas, and Cal Clutterbuck. And I want to call it the alliteration line. Yeah, that's better. Right? I'm like it's right there it's right there for you I because I love how and Cal Clutterbuck that's like that's an A plus name
0: yeah it really is that's that was like one of the first hockey names I've I heard and I'm like oh that's a real name that's perfect
1: so uh the series is tied one game apiece um I believe Wednesday they'll play in New York interesting thing is Ilya Sorokin played game one they lost um Semi and Varlamov played game two. They won. I'd assume they'd go to Varlamov, but the thing, it was kind of the reverse in the Penguin series. Varlamov didn't have it at all, and uh, Sorokin did. The two games that the Penguins won were the two Varlamov games, and the four games the Islanders won were all started by Sorokin. So it's kind of interesting that it flipped at least for the first couple games. Yeah. Do you have a favorite for this series? I like Boston. The thing about it is Boston, I I didn't really like their team much going into this year uh-huh. because they their defense, there were like you could run a truck through the holes in their defense. It was just not it's like Charlie McAvoy, Matt Chryslick, and a bunch of people who allegedly are hockey players. <laughs> um and they just it didn't seem great but mm-hmm. the taylor hall thing he has really fit in well and done amazing on that line and so it's not just um marsh and bergeron pasternak there's that line although craig smith got hurt which kind of sucks but there's the second line uh with david crachy and taylor hall And then also low-key, they acquired from uh, Ottawa for not much Mike Riley, who I've always really liked. I thought he was underrated as a defenseman Mm -hmm. and just kind of overlooked because he played for Ottawa. Right. And he has really helped provide a lot of stabilizing, like stay at home, good defense, recognizable name. So I probably like Boston, but New York, there's just something weird about them. Yeah. Where they got they got like the anti-Leafs voodoo where it's like they can pull <laughs> things out that you're like, how do you do that?
0: Right. Uh,
1: and so, yeah. Now. Yes. Well, first of all, the next the round two will start on Wednesday for the Scotia North division and it will be the Winnipeg Jets versus the Montreal Canadiens. But first of all, I have to point out because someone tweeted this graph. We now have... 14 of the top 15 paid players in the NHL are not in the playoffs, have been eliminated. And the following were eliminated in round one. The first, the number one overall paid, Connor McDavid. The number three overall paid, Austin Matthews. The number five overall paid, John Tavares. The number seven overall paid, Mitch Marner. Um, The number 11 overall paid, Sergei Bobrovsky. And the number 15 overall paid, Alex Ovechkin. Three of them belong to the Leafs one belongs to Edmonton and they're the four highest paid players in the playoffs the four highest highest-paid players who made the playoffs all got eliminated in all round one all from Canada it's wow um and the Leafs were ahead 3-1 in the series game five they take it to overtime. They come back from a three goal deficit to take it to overtime. And you're like, okay, it's like the reverse leafs. They erase the deficit instead of like surrendering a lead. Right. And then near and they lose an overtime. And then game six, again, they erase the deficit and lose an overtime. And then you just did not have the good vibes around game Mm -hmm. seven and the thing with game seven is price just decided there's no way you're winning this and how was that that was all she wrote and so the Leafs are eliminated the thing that I think is most damning about this if you're a Leafs fan so people like to lump the players together who are high paid and I don't think it's fair I think it is fair for Matthews Tavares and the and uh, Marner because Matthews makes 11.634 mm-hmm. um, Tavares makes 11 and Marner makes 10.893 so there's less than a million that separates those three players somehow people lump in William Nylander who makes yeah. 6.9 million dollars that ain't the same oh, he yeah. wasn't on that list
0: mm-hmm. that ain't
1: the same thing but He's always the one that people want to trade and get yeah. mad at and all that. However, William Nylander, he led the playoffs and goal for the Leafs and goals this playoffs with five. He was in fourth with assists with three, and he led with points with eight. Austin Matthews had five points, one goal. Mitch Marner had no goals four assists for four points so who really underperformed here and it's right. especially mitch marner because mitch marner i don't know if you saw his puck over glass in game six
0: did
1: not didn't. Even, i'm I, I root for the leafs because i want steve to be happy right that's <laughs> about
0: me too but, i'm like i just need him to be happy because i know the feeling <laughs>
1: I feel like even Canadian fans, maybe they were the only ones who weren't, were just like yelling at the TV when this play happened because they're on a penalty kill. So what happens is William e. Lander takes admittedly not the greatest penalty ever. A goal is scored, the Leafs challenge it, a really ill-advised challenge for goaltender interference. The challenge fails, so then they have a, two men- or a delay of game penalty. So they're on the kill for that penalty. Marner is one of their top penalty killers. He gets the puck. There is like no one in sight. He has the universe of time to do whatever. And he launches it into the stands. I mean, he cleared the glass. It wasn't even a, did that touch the glass or not? It was just like completely cleared everything. So he has to take a puck over the glass delay of game penalty. But dude you make 11 million dollars you can't do that especially not in the playoffs you really can't and then i'm sitting there and he just looks completely dejected and everything and william nylander is sitting there like trying to talk him up and pump him up and all this like who's the highest paid yeah And, and it's it just i i know he's really likable I know that he has the like cuddly teddy bear personality, but the way that that contract negotiation went and all of the like airing of dirty laundry and everything that happened with that. And then not even like Connor McDavid did great work because he took like a million or so less than the maps at the time he signed. And everyone was like, he came in saying he wanted the maps and then was like, no, you know I want to be able to like ha- surround myself with some good players so we're we're gonna go ahead and I'll take some le- I'll take some less. well he comes off like a really great guy because he took like a pay break but it still had a 12.5 million dollar contract right Mitch Marner had 93,000 added to the end of his 10.8 million dollar contract because that was his number or whatever and 10.8 million I could it not that. have been could it not have been 10 million could it not have been nine and a half million like there's just you're not building any goodwill at all considering yeah. Mitch Marner at his contract and I get that the Penguins have a lot of people who've been on contracts for a long time but Mitch Marner's contract would be the highest paid by over a million on the Pittsburgh Penguins roster And who would you rather, if if you had to play a game right now, who would you rather have? Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, or Mitch Marner? Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby for sure. I maybe even want Evgeny Malkin just because he's proven to not lose his head in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Because they're talking about that on the Steve Dangle podcast about he's gotten that penalty like every playoffs. It's like six. He he's got, six
1: different times. He's gotten six minors in the play in his playoff career. Five, five of, of them, them were the
0: over the, which is That's like insane. they said a lot
1: of times it's a nervous penalty. Sometimes yeah. it legitimately like it knuckle pucks off your stick. Right, does something funny, but not five times. No. Right, but it's just okay. Here's your points leaders: William Nylander with eight, Alexander Kerfoot makes three and a half million with six. Jason Spezza makes 750000 with five. He's also your second leading goal scorer. Then we get to Austin Matthews, who's tied with five, but he has fewer goals. Alex Galchenyuk makes like a million dollars. Also is tied with Mitch Marner. Here's the other thing that's insane. So Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, a combined one goal. Jake Muzzin, a defenseman who's, like, known to be a tough, uh, tough stay-at-home defenseman and didn't play in Game 7, has two goals. Dang. I, I, some of it is black voodoo magic. I don't know what what they got going on. but They're haunted
0: as Steve Tangle worse, screams.
1: It's even worse, I think, than the Mets. Because the Mets, I think, are regular season haunted. But, like, they yeah. made the World Series, like, final or whatever. Like they, yeah. they were in the World Series in twenty fifteen against Kansas City. And yeah. arguably like that had that had a little leaps to it because they arguably played better than Casey and lost. Yeah. But still better to do that in the final than in the first round. And like if if the Mets ever make it, they make some noise. The Leafs they they build you up and make you think they're, they're something. They give. And like Alex or Jack Campbell is blaming himself. Jack Campbell had a 0.934 save percentage and a 1.81 goals against average with that offense. When you have so much money invested in forwards, if you give up less than two goals a game, there is no reason that your team shouldn't be able to win. Yeah. That's just embarrassing. Like I, and, and the the thing is like i know and they probably are gonna stand pat because like for instance when mm-hmm. the lightning got swept they like your emotions would tell you blow it up do something and they just like yeah. no this is not like we trust our team and then came back and won the uh, stanley cup the next year however they had been to a final like in 2008 or nine, maybe even a little after that, maybe they they were in the Stanley Cup. They won the Stanley Cup in like 2008 or nine. And I think we're in a final like 2013 ish. Mm-hmm. So they actually had some track record. The Leafs haven't run a playoff round since 2004. I get and like that's the Steve Dangle and his, his LFR video was like, like basically screw the process. If you don't actually win, like I get, trust the process. Like trust the process makes sense for when the lightning got swept. They lost. What what was it? Here's from ESPN stats and info. The Maple Leafs are the first team to lose a winner take all. So the last game game in four consecutive years. How like, like, I think that's Steve's point. Okay, how can we trust the process? What are we supposed to trust? You never win.
0: The process.
1: Yeah, like, like, okay, you built a team that on paper looks good. This just ain't working. So instead of like going at the margins, I really think, I know a lot of people have suggested this, but I'd be curious what they would do about this. A lot of people are throwing out an Eichel for Marner trade which is like cruel to Mitch Warner, <laughs> But when you make that much money, what do you want them to do? Right. And uh, like Eichel is miserable and like basically insisting on being shipped out of Buffalo. Right. And Mitch has no, no trade. So they can totally ship him out. The thing that's weird about that then is you have Austin, John Tavares and Jack Eichel at centers. I guess you'd probably have to move maybe like Sean or Jack it's like a wing or something I mean that's a, that's like Team Canada where everybody's the center <laughs> some people play the wing but they all are centers but people are throwing that out people are I, I think Mitch Marner's the guy because Willie yeah. has had track record of playing well in yeah. playoffs and 7 million dollars it does matter yeah, I think if Mitch makes like eight and a half million dollars there's more of a discussion to be had because Mitch is the better player on paper mm-hmm. but dang like I don't he's yeah. not that, that better <laughs> it's not like four million dollars better than Willie right. I just don't think so right and, and I especially think- not when it counts
0: yeah and it's not like it's his first season it's not his first playoffs if that you could give you could give him some leeway if that was the case but I think it's kind of obvious now yeah and it's just
1: it sucks but it, and you know the thing is people are like well where's Austin in that he only had a goal he's our goal scorer blah, blah blah he definitely deserves a lot of the blame and if they trade Marner and this crap happens again he's definitely getting a lot of the blame <laughs> But here's the fact of the matter goals are worth more than assists. Yeah. It's just the truth. Yeah. So, that's the breaks. Sorry. <laughs> I, I have another one for you given your. Uh, I thought this, you, this would be relevant to you. Okay. From NHL PR Corey Perry of the HAB is the seventh oldest player in NHL history to score the winning goal in a game of seven. Wow. Because his, Brendan Gallagher had the first goal, but then William Nylander ended up scoring a goal late. So that put Corey Perry's goal as the game winning goal. So nice. Pretty
0: amazing. Kind of miss Corey Perry. Not going to lie. He's he, okay. He is the anti Mitch Marner
1: during the season. You're like, why is this guy on the team? What is he doing? That's it. That's (laughs) completely it. And then in the playoffs, you're like... He comes alive. And, and it, granted, the, the complete lack of refereeing in the playoffs does play <laughs> his strength. Yeah. But, but he also turns it up to another level. Carey Price yeah. is that way. Honestly, you yeah. never see what you saw in these games from Carey Price in the regular season. And it's because I don't think he has that in him anymore for that long of a stretch. Right. But he does have it in him for the playoffs or at least the first round of the playoffs. And last year it was like the Penguins in the qualifying round. And then I think they played the Philly – or I keep doing that. The Flyers (laughs) in in six games. Hey, you got the right city. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. It it all starts with the same sound. That's part of the problem. But they – so – I don't know how long he can go with that, but, and that's going to be interesting, like trying to look ahead and not just dwell on the Leafs being the Leafs. Yeah. Um, the Jets and the Habs are like the two teams that people think aren't that great, but they have amazing goaltending. Connor Hellebuck, Carey Price. That is like an A-plus goalie battle. I'm curious to see that. I'm going to be honest other than that it's hard to really want to watch those games just because no mcdavid no dry no marner no matthews no nylander there's like nothing like Shisley's okay i like some of the players on the habs but it's nothing like
0: amazing yeah did you did you see what dom retweeted recently I gotta look it up. Dom has been awesome. If you don't follow Dom, I
1: can't spell his last name. Just look up Dom at The Athletic. It'll help you find him. But
0: it's the one that starts with, I'm so proud of you too. Cause it was a screenshot of uh, Dom and Sean Gentile. I don't know how to say Gentilly. his last name. Oh, okay. I see. I knew however way I went with it was gonna be wrong. But I have, a, I have a classmate with that last name. That's the only reason uh, I know that. Because they were, it was a screenshot of one of the articles. I'm assuming them talking about round one. And it's Sean saying, Did we just predict Canadians, Jets in the second round? And Dom said, Literally, no one wants that. So that's exactly what we'll get. So. And here's someone re- he re-
1: someone else retweeted up a different part of that article. Uh-huh. And here's from Dom. Here's the thing about Montreal. Though. The team lives for these kinds of scenarios. The us against the world underdog story. Twice over the past decade, the team has had no business winning a series. 2010 against Washington and in 2014 against Boston. And the team pulled it off anyway. You can arguably count last year's playing game against the Penguins too. The Canadians live for playoff chaos and Toronto lives for playoff disappointment. It's a match made in narrative heaven.
0: Maybe I... Look, I love chaos as long as it's not against my team. So maybe I should root for Montreal. I honestly,
1: either of those, like whoever comes out of that division versus whoever comes out of the other divisions is going to be laughably the underdog of the four. Who would they end up playing? I got to look this up. Chris Johnston, I think, tweeted out what the... The new, like, because it's like set in stone now. Because you they oh. reseed it, it after, um, yeah, but apparently, because of how the matchups worked out, the reseeding it doesn't matter who wins, the reseeding will always end up the same oh, way. So, winner of ABS Golden Knights versus Habs Jets, and then winners of Isles, Isles Bruins, and winner of Tampa Bay, Carolina. But here's the thing even ignoring the matchups. Avs, Golden Knights, Isles, Bruins, Tampa Bay, Carolina. What of those teams isn't significantly better than right. either Montreal or Winnipeg?
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Like, you start listing the holes in the team, and it's it. there's a massive difference. Yeah, now, that for said, sure. playoff chaos, if you look at, like, either of those teams versus Edmonton or especially Toronto, they look way worse, but you gotta actually play the games, all of that business, but... It is interesting.
0: I want a Montreal Carolina Stanley Cup finals. That would be fascinating. Yeah. that's. I do like. Uh, that's my random chaos pick.
1: Shout out to the Hurricanes Twitter account for they sent, they sent Steve Dangle before the playoffs this year, a James Reimer blanket, which is really precious. And then tonight they said, we're here for you, Steve Dangle. And then, uh, Steve responded you make beer and then she they said well we'll get you some of the storm brew which is like the custom Carolina Hurricanes beer (laughs) and then they had to put in a plug for it but it's
0: funny and so if if I root for Montreal to get to the playoffs am I rooting against Steve Dangle because I don't want to cause him more pain I don't know that it matters either but I do you want them to lose if that makes it better i would want I carolina to win i don't know that either way like makes
1: it like if they win or lose to the jets i don't know that it's better right they just complete like did a complete choke job and you know the thing that absolutely sucks is everyone was like it was such a good possibility that we could get a mcdavid matthews playoff series and with everything that has to happen when they go back, because Edmonton is like west and Toronto is east, with mm-hmm. everything that has to happen once we return to normal divisions, it's going to be, unless they play each other in the finals, pretty much, that's not going to happen. And it's how yeah. likely is it that those two teams make the finals? We had such a good chance
0: and both teams just failed. So that, it's frustrating. I did write down on the off chance that I'm right. I wrote down that I want a Carolina-Montreal. So that way it's it's there in audio form and written form that I made that choice. So if it happens, I don't win anything, but just pure pride of the fact that I <laughs> called the two teams in the Stanley Cup Finals. if that were to happen. Yeah. It, it I is- just think that would be the most – fun for me to watch yeah because I don't want to watch Tampa and I Colorado I guess would be second I, I actually do kind of like Colorado even though I feel like I shouldn't Colorado Vegas I uh, mean if either of those make it I'm interested because
1: I think there's a lot of really interesting players and I I, I just love Mark Stone because he's like really good defensively and also just really great
0: at the cellies I have a weird grudge against Vegas. I haven't quite figured out why. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know why there's like something in my brain that's like, you don't like them. Maybe I'm holding a grudge against those ugly gold helmets, but it feels like it goes back further than that. And I I don't know why. There's just part of me that's like, you don't like Vegas. And I don't like Boston either, but I feel like I don't like Boston in the way that like, No one likes the Yankees unless they're a Yankee fan. I feel like I don't like the Bruins because they're the Bruins, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people, like, just don't like the Bruins. Yeah. So, with that, that's hockey. I I still cannot believe all that happened. Oh, I know. I don't know. I think it's going to settle down after this. For the first round is always just complete chaos. Yeah, it's chaos. And so we'll see how the second round goes, but more to come.
0: Um, I guess it's time for a rant and rave. Yes.
1: Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first?
0: Um, I'll go first. Uh, My rant is about rain because I'm sick and tired of rain. It has rained here nonstop for like three weeks, but it feels like three months. And, you know, I really, I'm like the person that I love rain and I love cloudy days. And I thought I would thrive in Seattle. That seemed like the place I could thrive in. But after these last three weeks where we've had maybe like one day of sun, I'm realizing now that I would not thrive in Seattle and I need the sun to come out. And even if I don't go out in it, because the sun does not like me and I burn very easily, but apparently I really need it for my mood just if I'm inside even because today I realized like I'm I slept really good last night but I was exhausted and I think it's the rain like the rain just kills my energy and it's weird yes it's just Texas usually doesn't have this kind of for this long and in May going into June like it's It's still going to rain tomorrow and then we get a break for like a couple days and then a solid week of more rain. It's killing me and I'm sick. It kind of feels like when we had the snowstorm in February where it's like really exciting to get snow for a couple days and then it lasted just a few days too long. That's this rain because and I feel like it happened like 10 years ago. I remember one summer just raining all summer and it was awful but like it I don't know if it's worse because like I'm not a kid so it's like I can't find things to do or something or that we've also been inside for so long I just need it to stop I'm annoyed with it I feel that
1: (laughs) um so mine is another L the city of Toronto took and that is, I guess, the larger premier province, Doug Ford, the, like, premier, like, basically he's their governor, is legitimately horrible. Um, I believe his brother, Rob Ford, is the guy with, like, the crack cocaine city councilman, like, there was, it was a viral thing from a while ago. Um, okay. But Doug Ford sucks. And let me tell you why. So the Canadians in game six had 2,500 fans and they had tickets going for like 15 grand and resale and all of that. Like they had fans. So the Toronto is still allegedly on a stay at home order, even though they're like widely vaccinated now. Is this
0: what Adam was ranting about? Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. And so I need to explain this. So Toronto's in a stay-at-home order, which is dumb to begin with, because it's not stay-at-home level. And I feel like you're giving the weirdo conspiracy theorists ammo when you go too far, and this is going too far. So that happened. Like Adam said, he couldn't even go to like throw his garbage away, because they can't can't have that, because that would be a gathering point in his apartment, which is idiotic. But then, so Toronto says, we want to have 2,500 fans, but we're going to give them away to local first responders who have been vaccinated for a while now. Not as long as in the United States, but still for a while. And they're like, nope, can't do that. Which, people already hate you. (laughs) This is like the easiest win ever. Like, let nurses and doctors go to a Leafs game for free. You don't have to do anything, you just have to let it happen. And then it's like, everyone was basically saying what Adam said, which, how actually stupid are you? Like, is really, this is where we're drawing the line? Like, no. And so they heard that and then they couldn't, their egos could not let them to say, let them say we were wrong. So it was 500, which, come on. That arena holds like around 20,000 people.
0: Yeah. 2,500 people can go there. 2,500 fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. And they would still be socially distanced.
1: And they would still, because they did this in Montreal, they still have to wear masks. Yeah. The risk, I like, I need some epidemiologist or someone on
0: there to explain to him the minute risk. It has to be, like, less than 1% of a risk, especially depending on what vaccine they got.
1: Yeah, which is, it's probably because most of what's going on in Canada is
0: Moderna or Pfizer. Okay, yeah, so it would have to be, like, 0.0 something. And you're just, why? Why was this the thing
1: where it's, like, of all the shit we got going on, this is where we're taking a stand? I, I can't with, and- like, I think Adam made the point because Jesse was like, well, yeah, it's political. Like, he's a politician, blah, blah, blah. This should not be political. And it, right. it ended up not being political because so enough people were outraged that right. they had to go back on it. But really, anybody should be on board with this. Like, And they're vaccinated. That's the thing. Okay, even your most stringent... Like, we're not exactly anti-maskers over here. Like, the two of us have long supported all, um, like, caution and all that sort of thing. And we're just sitting here like what's the scientific basis of this? And if we're going to yell at people, and I think we're totally justified in yelling at people who don't get the vaccine and don't wear masks and whatever for not listening to the science, then we got to yell at this guy for not listening to the science because the science would clearly tell you that this is okay. Right. And not only okay, it's good because the relative mental health, like, there is a, a value to that.
0: And it, it's like it, they weren't even talking full capacity. They weren't even talking half capacity. And they still said no, oh. which is insane.
1: Well, and if you see Carolina who basically had full capacity, mm-hmm. it wasn't full capacity. And here's why. Because the NHL still has that stupid thing where the glass behind the benches is removed. Oh, right. Yeah. To minimize the COVID risk, even though most of their players are vaccinated and we, no one ever figured out what exactly removing the glass does. Right. Right so because of that the teams rightfully said "Hmm, we don't want people in those 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 rows right behind the bench with no barrier between them and the bench that just seems like another kind of safety hazard not even just covid but like it's like more of a security (laughs) issue so there's like a good five to ten rows blocked off of that yeah so they're not even close to the players even when it's a full arena they're not close to the players and I just I can't. At a certain point it's like okay. Even in Canada the vaccine is pretty widely available now. Mm-hmm. If there like there's of course there's some risk involved but it's a negligible risk. You have to let people be willing to take that risk. Cuz okay, if we're saying they can't take any risk then we have to have groceries delivered and then, like, have a sanitizing station outside the door. Right. Like, well, okay. And if we're doing that, don't let anyone get in their cars ever after this is done. Because and- there's a risk of accident, and you
0: can die. And also, it was vaccinated healthcare workers. So, ideally, healthcare workers greatly would know the risk and wouldn't even accept the tickets if the risk was that high well and the other thing too
1: because of Canada versus the United States as far as like different legal stuff and crap like that it's Important to note that they can basically 100% verify that people have vaccines. Yeah. Because they do have some kind of vaccine passport. And you can you can say, and I mean, you could say this in America too. It's like, listen, you don't have a legal right to go to a hockey game. You either release your vaccination record to us or you don't yeah. go. Because yeah. that's not a HIPAA violation. Right. It's saying we control access and we need this information to give you access they would 100% verify. And plus, most people you could probably verify anyways because they probably can't work without it. Like, I know my right. sisters that way. But anyways, that was my long rant. <laughs>
0: Sorry, got off track. Um, my rave is something I actually started watching today. So I'm only two episodes in, but I think it qualifies as a rave. Um, I started watching Mayor of Easttown on HBO. I think it's only seven episodes, or only seven. I only seven are out. It might only be seven episodes, and I I don't know if it's having a second season. I hope it has a second season. I'm saying as I'm only two episodes in, but I've heard it gets really good, um, and it has Kate Winslet in it, and takes place in Pennsylvania, so she doesn't have her English accent, which I feel like this is the first thing I've watched where she doesn't, because I don't watch a lot of her stuff, but. It's like the first thing I've watched that she doesn't have her uh, British accent. So it's kind of weird to see because she's very good at doing like a Pennsylvania accent. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. it. I feel like it's been a while since I've watched a like a, a drama slash kind. I mean, it's not true crime, but like a drama crime suspense kind of series in a while um just because I could not handle that at certain points last year um but it's really good so far and I'm really trying to like not see spoilers and I I kind of feel like when you start watching a show is when you start seeing more of the spoilers so I'm hoping I finish it really soon you encountered the spoilers before but you didn't know the show so you just like like, yeah Exactly. You didn't, like, really take those spoilers in, so I'm really trying to not pay attention to them. I've heard there's, like, I think halfway through there's an episode that's, like, a really, like, big shock. So, like, I'm really excited for that and also trying not to look up spoilers for that. Um, but so far, two episodes in, I'm really enjoying it. And the the one thing I'm really excited to see... Um, which potentially could turn this into a rant in a future ep- uh, future yeah, podcast episode. Is if my theories are right. Because then I'll be annoyed that I got them right. Because I, I don't like being right. I want to be surprised. Um, and I hope I'm surprised. But this was like one of those shows where I could get it right. Or I could be like, it could be like Gone Girl. And I'm like the, really shocked. It's the, the suspense of Are You Right? Yeah, that's true
1: um so my rave two raves actually one's a quick one uh so when this comes out on june 1st it's my sister's birthday so happy birthday mary happy birthday laura's sister she's working and delivering babies i think but fun but (laughs) work never stops but my mom's down there so that's cool and then i just had to talk about steve dangle because steve did And shout out to employer sports net. They let him do something really cool where they would put like, and I I saw replays of it. You can't watch it in the States because of legal reasons, but I saw replays and it's like, the game is big and you can still kind of hear the commentary in the background, Uh but then Steve is in the bottom and that's who you hear most. And so it's like an alternate feed to the game. You're watching it with Steve and, um, like today he had 430,000 viewers throughout the time but then I think it was like at any one point he had the highest he had it all on it consecutively is like 40 something thousand people wow. which for YouTube hockey Canada only That's pretty freaking yeah. amazing and also he's going through a lot he's tweeting about it right now um So I have to shout out Mrs. Dangle. At least my sweet baby Leo has no idea what his future as a leaf fan has in store. (laughs) And a picture of a a happier time, Leo and Steve smiling. And then Steve's reply, not sure I can put them through this. Although I thought you might crop out my nipple, but whatever, Leafs lost. I ordered nuggets, I'm sad. Him, not them. I'm drunk, let me suffer. And then, um... He retweets that and said, apparently, Justin Fisher, his friend, uh, writer, and also the person who introduced him to his wife, is sending me nuggets already, my hero. And then he sends a picture of the nuggets and said, Justin Fisher, just a beauty, a legend, a true hero, the goodest boy, the forever homie. (laughs) At least he has chicken nuggets. At least he has that. And that was like an unintentional Leroy Jenkins reference there. Because I'm pretty sure Leroy Jenkins says, at least I have chicken. So at least he has chicken nuggets. Um, But yes, I'm I'm really excited to see by the time you guys get this, Steve will have posted his LFR. And I haven't seen it because it isn't out yet. But I'm already going to recommend it because his game six one was really great. And I can't even imagine what his game seven was.
0: It's game six one. His voice got so high at one point. It wasn't quite Jim Boney driver, but... But it went from him losing... Basically watching him lose his voice to get so high back to losing his voice that I had to stop it because I laughed and then I felt bad that I was laughing at his pain. Still worth the watch, though. But I did really enjoy the... uh, The trust the process. Well, okay,
1: we actually have to win at some point. Like, that's the thing about Steve Dangle that I feel like people do not appreciate Steve taps into the fans and has yes. a pulse on how the fans are feeling but he has so much more insight and he has the insight and knowledge and way of phrasing things mm-hmm. it's more like a journalist or a reporter or something like that so it's that middle ground of he can yeah. really have some cool insights and phrase things awesomely but then also he can tap into like that fan emotion.
0: Yeah. That's like my goal when I talk. But then I, I kind of like black out when I talk. So then I talk really fast. And then but. I have like, I have no idea what I said in this episode. So <laughs> we never do we talk <laughs> and then we put it out for the world. Um, so on that
1: note, um, we hope you all have a better week than the Leafs had a game seven. And we will see you all next time.